Which could be the surprise team that whether trading up or just drafting a falling quarterback in the 2023 NFL draft and one team that's actually in on Lamar Jackson coming up on today's Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL on Twitter. That's where today's questions are coming from on our mailbag episode. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book and official sports book of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. Some really interesting comments from Colts general manager Chris Ballard, and they seem to be the only team publicly that is willing to admit that they're doing some work and could be potentially interested in Lamar Jackson, Matt. Um, I want to start, though, with a question here from Izaz, and his question is about the the leverage that the Baltimore Ravens have right now as it concerns Lamar Jackson. Um, He says a lot of people believe Baltimore has all the leverage over Lamar Jackson, but he believes that it's not entirely true. Lamar can, one, wait until September, then sign the tender, giving the Ravens no cap relief until then. Uh, and that could be you know, two to three players, potentially, he says, of, of cap relief that they are not going to get if he plays it out and doesn't uh, sign the tender until the very last moment. Two, Lamar can announce that he will only meet interested teams after the draft. That gives teams like the Colts or Atlanta or whoever – um, uh, time to think about adding players in the draft and then offer you know, later picks in, in 2024 and 2025 draft instead of picks in this year's draft where the Ravens might already know where those picks are. They might be lower picks at, you know, with, with, with a team that doesn't have a good quarterback yet. And obviously those teams can draft players and, and push those picks off into the future. Three, Lamar can sign the tender in September until Baltimore. He will only play six or seven games just to get that the, the whatever amount he has to get in to have that accrued season. I thought it was eight games, but maybe it's. I'm like not two. sure on that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then four, he says Lamar can threaten that if the Ravens decide uh, to trade his rights to any team, he does not like that. He will not sign the tender. Um, and, and I think number four wouldn't happen anyway. It's essentially a no. No trade. It would be a team that Lamar chooses that that would be a deal being worked out with. But that also gives him leverage, gives the team trading for him a little leverage to keep whatever compensation lower or potentially just the straight up sign the offer sheet to first round picks. What are your thoughts on that with Baltimore's leverage? Is it bigger than people are giving it credit for? Yeah, maybe. Um, It's interesting because yesterday on our Steeler show, the reason I'm here in Phoenix, we actually had a Ravens reporter sit down with us from The Athletic. um, And we talked, you know, state of the Ravens and, of course, heavy hitting, you know, heavy Lamar and AFC North implications like all all the way down the road. And this isn't exactly how the question was structured. But frankly, he was saying this team's in a little bit of trouble, you know, that. They have all this money tied up in Lamar. They had to trade um, Clark, the safety, who's a good player for him. They cut Calais Campbell, signs with Atlanta today. They're losing stuff. They're hemorrhaging assets to the team. 
and they don't have cap space to go get anybody. They don't know when they'll get that cap space. I mean, that means Lamar would have to come off the books. And then unlike usual Raven situation, they, they use that second round pick to get Roquan. Uh, they might have to pick the fifth year option up on Queen, which is like $13 million. So that's like $33 million in off the ball linebackers. And they don't have the comp picks they usually do. They don't have much in the way of draft capital all of a sudden. And I, I flat out asked him, I'm like, are they closer to the best team in the AFC North or worse? He said, oh, worse. I, I, he said, I'm picking them for fourth. In, and he, he's a Ravens dude. And, and that's with a 50% chance Lamar comes back. You know, like, where do you get him his receivers? So the longer it goes, the longer the Ravens' assets are tied up and there's less chance to use them to help the rest of the team. Or how do I get my next quarterback? I have one problem, or not really a problem. I have one question with mm -hmm. all of that. Everything that Izaz said in, in his four points of Baltimore's leverage over Lamar Jackson and some of the things that the beat reporter was talking to you about there. Isn't it a dream scenario for Baltimore just to have Lamar play a full season under the franchise tag? Because that means they don't have to do a long-term deal. They get a star quarterback for another year without that long-term commitment. Mm -hmm. And if he has a, a healthy, good season, he's worth even more next offseason in trade. Yeah, assuming he's happy, healthy, all in, gives it his all as every athlete should under contract, it's guaranteed money. I mean, again, could he do what this question implies and say, play half the season and be like, ah, ah my hammies bother me or I'm done yeah. or I'm going home. You know what I mean? Like, does he want to be a jerk? Does he want to play high, hardball? I mean, does he want to let his teammates down? I mean, there's more than just letting the organization down. You know, you got to look at, at Stanley and Roquan and Humphreys and be like, sorry, yeah, it's business. I, you know, I got to go. Uh, yeah, there is a person, you know. But then that hurts Lamar at the same time. He plays hardball, but if not that many Makes teams less desirable. right now, at least publicly, then there's less interest for him next offseason if that's the way he yeah. plays it. He helps himself and makes himself more valuable where he could make himself more valuable by playing one really good, healthy season. And, and, and I, as far as the cap stuff goes, the, part of it would be it isn't. It, I would think that Baltimore is cool with him taking up that much cap and, and just playing under. Oh, he's worth it, right? Yeah, I, I mean, mean he's in the more than a year, probably. Right? Yeah, that, that's a bargain. They, they they would have a lot of resources other than their first round pick to go get, you know, him a receiver, Quentin Johnston or whoever, or and they also need a corner. I mean, so they have some pretty glaring needs all of a sudden. Their defensive front is light. Corner and wide receiver is real light, and they don't have many cards to do it, assuming Lamar, as you said, would still be a bargain on the franchise tag for how good a player he is. Um, and frankly, there's been a lot of, a lot, a lot, a lot of um, franchise tagged players that weren't thrilled with it that still gave it everything they got for 17 games because you don't want to put bad tape out there or, hey, I'm not into this. And, you know, that doesn't help your cause either for the next team. That brings it's us to Jason's. It's definitely interesting. And and yeah. the, the whole Lamar thing is is sort of weird. And, and there's a cloud of like, why is nothing happening with this? Because the star player, the, yeah. at least the Aaron Rodgers story, there's like, we know what's happening because the parties are, are doing something and interested. And we know what the parties are. With Lamar, it's like, why are there not more parties? <laughs> <laughs> right. There should be a lot of people involved. 
Yeah, a lot of parties. This should be uh, just like your cocktail party with all the odors, where there's people getting drunk and yeah, having right, right. corner and people at the uh, at the bar over here and a band. Like this should be a party. <laughs> so along those lines, I didn't realize it until this morning. Speaking of the owners' meeting, Odell Odell Beckham was here yesterday. Why wouldn't Lamar be here? I mean, he should just be walking. I'm not even walking around, but he should be setting up meetings, owners, GMs, head coaches. And have a rent out a room at the nicest place here and say, stop by if you want to say hello, you know? I've just seen this too many times. And, and I, it's different with Lamar. That's what makes it more interesting and also more frustrating because generally, if this is an agent and, and Lamar is mm. representing himself here and he does have, you know, resources, it's not just him all by himself on an island with this whole thing, but, um, you know, NFLPA. But with, Normally, with an agent, and I just went through this last offseason with with Debo Samuel. We saw a number of wide receivers, okay. a lot of them with the same agent, and they all asked for a trade. And it's just like it's a negotiating tactic. So part of right, me right, is right. sort of cynical and all this, and like Baltimore knows what's going on. He's going to stay. They're going to match anything if a team does it. All the teams know that as well. And Balt and the leverage for Lamar, the leverage play before the draft, as it always happens, is you ask for a trade, doesn't happen. They sign a deal in the summer, and he's going to stay in Baltimore. I kind of have that vibe of that's kind of like status quo uh, yeah right but maybe since it's not your normal agent situation and it is lamar maybe it is more personal and maybe it won't be that easy maybe right i mean by all accounts not that he's a bad guy or anything like that he sounds like a very unique individual and i, I i've been told he really doesn't care what people think of him he truly beats to his own drummer type of thing and there's days that nobody knows where he is or he just leaves his phone behind and you know like goes and does his own thing. Cool. I mean, I wish I could live like that. You know I mean? It, yeah. It's just, it, so he's probably not the easiest guy to communicate with and deal with. And, you know, he's a unique player in person. <laughs> he's not the only guy like that though. Jimmy Garoppolo is the same. Kyle Shanahan just spoke yeah, at yeah. the owners meetings and he's, they asked him if they talked to, to Jimmy since he moved on and signed with the Raiders. And Kyle said, no, that would be impossible. You don't talk to Jimmy unless you happen to run into him. Like he, <laughs> He goes, he goes silent. He goes radio silent every offseason. They signed him to a big contract uh, after huh. after trading for him in 2017. They didn't really know this about him, and they signed this big contract in the offseason 2018. He doesn't return any texts or anything. Shows up at OTAs just fine. He's <laughs> bad about it. He's like, no, I'm not going to. You know, he's like a union man. You know, he's like an old school. I was gone. Right, right. Chicago union man. Yeah. So that, that's yeah, funny. It, everyone operates a little go. bit differently, and so you have to deal with, uh, you know, 90 in some cases and, and 53 on your roster and, and for your stars a lot of different personalities on your roster as an nfl gm so uh, interesting and so yeah the, the story is definitely not over with lamar one more angle to the lamar story and that's last thing about that, that beat reporter conversation it was alarming to me and i keep thinking about it partially through a Steeler perspective but it was a very almost solemn conversation uh, with their beat reporter that this team's going to take a step back. Maybe they, you know, win five or six games this year, get in the quarterback market next year. Things you just don't hear about the Ravens, like our whole right. life. You know what I mean? Accumulate some picks, open up some cap space, you know, take a step back, coming fourth in the division. I was like, wow. Okay. Wow. Okay. Buckle up, Baltimore Ravens fans. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a long offseason and maybe a long season as well, depending on it what could happens. It be a rough year. In the offseason. Uh, next is the, que the question from Jason. He said, who are your surprise teams to move up and grab, uh, grab one of the top four quarterbacks in the NFL draft? And who would be one of the top teams you could see moving down instead of taking one because they don't see the QB as 
their spot or at their spot as worth the pick. And uh, I've got a really easy answer there. And I've got some comments from the GM of one of those teams coming up next. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Tournament's heating up and turning time is the perfect time to get in on the action at FanDuel because right now FanDuel is giving new customers a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything, money line, point spreads, which team's going to be cutting down the net in that NCAA tournament. Of course, NBA hoops and uh, women's hoops. And you've got NHL hockey. It's getting close to playoff time. Major League Baseball getting going this week. Opening day is coming. So don't miss your shot at a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Oh, yeah. Don't forget about those NFL draft props. That is FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Okay, Matt, here's the question again from Jason. Who are your surprise teams to move up to grab a quarterback, one of the top four quarterbacks in the NFL draft, and who would be one of the top teams that you can see moving down and passing on one of those quarterbacks and I want to take you to and this ties in with the Lamar stuff the quote that kind of got lost in the shuffle here because every team is kind of publicly or you know through leaks said ah we're not really interested in Lamar Jackson for whatever reason okay this was Chris Ballard on Lamar Jackson a couple days ago at the owners meetings he said quote anytime a special player is available which he is you got to do the work I'm not going to get deep into discussions on where it's at what we're doing or what we might do but he's a really special player. You never know how any of this will work out. So publicly, I love hearing that. I love it too. And that's that's the way teams should feel about this thing. And that's not that doesn't mean the Colts are going to do this. Uh, but that's the only team. Fifteen and, and teams should take that approach. <laughs> exactly. And maybe <laughs> some teams are just not saying it publicly. So probably my whole thing with this is, first of all, a uh, and, and this is sort of I, we should probably have a segment every at least week until the draft on this podcast where it's a is blank lying. So it is lying season. That is Chris (laughs) Ballard. The only one that's actually is is Chris Ballard lying. They're not interested. The other teams that saying they're not interested are interested, which is often the case between basically February and April every year. Uh, First of all, does this pass the, the BS test? Is this Chris Ballard lying? I think Chris Ballard is telling the truth more than any other team out there, you know, that they're so linked to it that they have the cap space. They haven't really made any moves. It, it would be foolish to try to pull off that lie. We're a little too smart for the Colts to lie to us, in my opinion. It, but I think a lot of teams being quiet, you know, is it lying to not tell the truth? You know what I mean? Like when your kids say, I didn't lie. I just didn't tell right. you I stole the candy, you know? Well, that's the thing. Yeah. So Chris Ballard, they could be doing work on Lamar, but really are just hoping nobody trades up to three so they can get that one quarterback they still want it for. Mm-hmm. That could be one of the reasons you're not lying, but you're also, that's sort of a backup plan. But when I look, every time I look at it, I put my own GM cap on and Matt do this for me too. If you okay. are Chris Ballard and the Indianapolis Colts, they've always been my team. That's super interesting. I think it's the hinge point in this NFL draft, especially after the Panthers moved up to number one, what are the odds that they really like three quarterbacks or four quarterbacks and that that yeah. player's going to be there for them at pick number four where, versus what the odds are that maybe they only liked one and maybe he goes one or two, or maybe they like two of them and now they're both gone one and two, right? Uh, what are the odds that that player is worth number four to them? And then you put, you 
you put that versus, okay, what's a better scenario for the Colts? Drafting Will Anderson at four and then making a run at Lamar Jackson, which could be two first-round picks in 24 and 25, and you still got to use pick four here on a, a star player to help your defense. Or drafting Will Anderson, uh, Jalen Carter, whoever it is at number four, the best player on your board, if it's not a quarterback. And trading, say, pick number 35, your second-round pick for Trey Lance, right, who's the same age mm -hmm. as, as Will Levis anyway, sure, right? Sure, has just as much upside as, as Levis, and he's had an opportunity to get coached by an NFL um, by an NFL coach, a really good NFL coach for a couple of years. So which, which of those scenarios is better for the Colts? I feel like the worst scenario is for them to sit at four and draft a quarterback that maybe they don't love that's just as much of a coin flip as anything else. And what even complicates it more is I think there's an excellent chance Arizona moves out of three. So what's the chances there's four quarterbacks you love? You know, I mean, some right. of them easily you have to spend you. even more to get up and get a quarterback instead of just saying, right. no, we're good. You know, I could see them saying, we love Richardson. I know Stroud and Young are gone. But if someone jumps to three and we lose Richardson, we'll just take the best defensive player. And then we'll go down the Lamar or Lance road that you just laid out which would make all the sense in the world but if Richardson's there for we're taking him you know uh, and maybe that's the approach and then the second that Richardson's off the board they're calling Lamar they're calling the Ravens they're calling Lance they're calling the Niners you know all that stuff so I also feel like this is not only lying season it's the game of chicken season like how long can I wait before I put my cards on the table you know I mean when do I have to expose my hand how many teams am I competing against for Richardson or especially Lamar? And I bet there's more than you think. You know, I mean, this question, who could trade up? I could see Tennessee trading up to three, getting whoever they want, Richardson or whomever it is, probably Richardson. Could the Falcons be kind of laying in the weeds? Could the Raiders be laying in the weeds? Seattle and Detroit have multiple picks. Could they be hanging out? Or Tampa could be a trade-up team. Could Minnesota go get Levis yep. at 15 or something like that? You know what I mean? Right. Like, again, I always bring it back to the Steelers. But, like, we had this conversation today. It feels like Levis is dropping. And if I'm the Steelers at 17, I was the only first-round team that took a quarterback last year. Do I want Levis to be there so someone calls me or do I want him to be gone so I have a better chance to get my corner tackle, whatever? You know what I mean? And that's the case for a lot of these teams. Because that area is really interesting. Like Commander 16, Sears 17, Lions 18, Bucks 19, Seattle 20. Four of those five teams could take a quarterback or leapfrog the other, then leapfrog the other. You know what I mean? I almost feel like it's the opposite right now where we're a little too crazy. And, and we've seen this in the past. We saw it last year. We've seen the last two drafts at quarterback and uh, you know, my 49ers, they, they moved up to number three and a lot of people thought it was for Mac Jones. And that was one of the guys they were considering Mac Jones was still on the board when they were at 12. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Completely unnecessary to trade up if that was the player they like. They could have sat at 12, but you know, uh, nobody the went really first 19 last week. Right. Last and, and, uh, Matt, not only Mac Jones, but Justin Fields also fell to number 11. The Bears went up from 20, I think mm -hmm. it was, all the way up to get him there. So the, the, those things could be in range for any of the teams in the first round to come all the way up and, and get one of those dropping quarterbacks if they drop. And I just have a feeling that, and we did this last year, th th there, were, there were credible mock drafts that had Malik Willis going number two overall in the NFL yeah. draft after the combine last year. He went in the third round. 
So I, I I would not be shocked at all if not only the Colts passed on a quarterback, but maybe even the Texans at two. They liked one guy. Panthers just yeah. le- leapfrogged him, and they'll see if Le- Levis is there at twelve, or maybe they got other plans. Maybe their plan is Lamar, and they are like, nope, this defensive player is too good. We don't really love these other quarterbacks, so we're not going to force it. So I, I think in the end, as we get closer to the draft time, we might start to see those quarterbacks dropping again in some mock drafts, and, and we might see a team like the the Colts or even the Texans and and maybe even, you know, Will Levis, you talk about teams that can move up. That's the thing where it starts to get crazy is Tennessee Titans at 11. They're like, Oh, cool. One of the quarterbacks fell. What if they pass on a quarterback too? Like Teams might not be as crazy for these quarterbacks. And we'll see in the end what that ends up looking like. But the the Colts Mm -hmm. is really the hinge one to me because I think there's a chance. I'm glad you brought the Texans. I'm glad you brought the Texans because the Panthers are going to take a quarterback. And Houston might be very unhappy that they're at two and not one. Let's say they love Stroud and Stroud goes. It's like, huh, we, we like Young. We're, we're prepared to take him. But as you know better than everyone, you know, they hired San Fran's defensive coordinator, and there's two elite defensive line you know, players here. If you're cool with Carter, take him or Anderson. Because Houston picks again at 12. So if you go D-line at two, you could probably get to six or eight or seven and get Richardson or Levis, or maybe one even falls to you like Fields did. It's fascinating. Something's going to shock us. As or you it, trade for Lance. Whether it's a player falling, a team we didn't expect, moving around, moving up, moving down, there, there's a lot. It's not going to go chalk. It's not going to go no. Stroud. All these mock Stroud, drafts look the same. And Anderson, not, they're all going to get blown up. Richardson. Carter it's not going to go chalk like right, that. right. And, and that's the most likely and they're betting favorites in those five spots for a reason can't possibly happen never happens no way I don't see it and and looking at how things have gone in, in past drafts if you don't love the quarterback teams are going to go with their draft board and they, we have Jalen Carter higher so we're not mm-hmm. going to draft Will Levis we're going to draft this dude that we like better because we're not going to force quarterback and, and, and I expect that to happen again and any sequencing, it only takes one link in the chain to get screwed up. I mean, Arizona can't trade out, and for some reason they don't love Anderson. They take Paris Johnson. Oh, I didn't see that coming, or Gonzalez, right. or whatever. And then everything's yeah. screwed up from there. You know, I mean, well, just do like do this. Anybody out there listening, or Matt, or, or maybe I'll do uh, the next mock draft for us here on a, on a mock draft Monday coming up soon. Mm-hmm. Just don't give the Colts a quarterback at four, and see. Yeah, what right. And then the ripple effect's crazy. That just that one pick, yeah, yeah, exactly. Because that's the way the drafts really work. Okay, some really good questions that we've got to get to next, Matt. Uh, what is Russ going to look like under Sean Payton in Denver? Uh, who? What is the worst division in the NFL? What is the worst roster heading into the draft now in the NFL? Is it is it a different team than it was coming into the off season? Next. I want to thank everybody for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. For your second listen, check out Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes. From free agency to the draft, salary cap management, and more. Join NFL experts Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. They take you through what it's like to build a successful NFL franchise Monday through Friday. Find Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes wherever you find your podcasts and on YouTube. And of course, make sure you're subscribed up to the brand new YouTube channel for Peacock and Williamson. Okay, Matt. JDS wants to know how much does Jerry want to draft Bijan? Of course, he's talking about Bijan mm-hmm. Robinson, the best running back in the draft, and Jerry Jones, the owner of the Dallas Cowboys. I would say pick 26 Dallas Cowboys. I think they're at pick 26. 
I would say that they are that that is the floor for Bijan Robinson. Yeah. Would you agree? I tend to agree. And it just makes too much sense. You franchise Pollard, who's kind of different than Bijan anyway. They'd be fine together for a year. And then you just hand it over to the guy. He's the next Emmett. He's the next Zeke. He's the next Tony Dorsett. You know, I mean, like this team has some serious running backs in their life and it's, it's worked. They've won a lot of games with those guys I mentioned. Yeah, I think so. And Dallas's roster is so stacked right now, especially after the Gilmore trade, the Brandon Cooks trade. They could use a defensive tackle. They could use a couple things, you know, a, a guard, O-line reinforcements. But who's that guy at 26 that changes, you know, moves the needle anywhere close to Bijan? Is it Brian Brisset? Probably not, you know. Like, Bijan makes them a better team now. Jerry's not a young man. He wants to win now. Uh, you know, I guess you could go one pick further, maybe Buffalo at 27. I, I just think that, you know, by pick 28, B. John Robinson is going to be off the board. I, I think that's yeah. pretty – he's going to go in the first round. He might not go top 10, but he'll go there in the teens and 20s. I think at some point he'll just be too good of a prospect for teams. Someone's going to pull the trigger. And I got to credit the Joneses. They've been pretty good in the draft, and, and when they see a star player, they can get him. You know, they didn't pass on C.D. Lamb when he was there for them. You know, a few years ago, uh, they've done a pretty good job of that. So uh, they just seem like the type of team that are like, well, we're not going to pass on the star player. So Indeed. here's a couple spots I think are really interesting for Bijan. Texas too. I'd like that. That's exciting. I mean, yeah. everything's bigger in Texas. It'd be popular. I mean, keep the, the brand, the brand. Washington at 16 wouldn't blow me away. Uh, they, they draft running backs high. Gibson's up at the end of the year. Lions at 18 after they make another pick. They seem to hate Swift. And, you know, the, the, uh, what's his face? Montgomery's just a guy. Um, oh, the by the way, Matt, hold on. I got to stop you right there. You royally pissed off a whole bunch of Detroit Lions fans uh, yeah. last week on one of the episodes. And uh, so they might be coming for you today. Now that you said that one of the things they didn't like is that, you know, Williams for Montgomery swap wasn't some huge win. Uh, Anzalone disrespect, I think, was oh, part of like it as well. Maybe some golf okay. disrespect okay. in there. So uh, you, you did tick off some Detroit Lions fans if you go into the uh, the YouTube comments there. Okay. All right. I, I, I'll stand by it. Um I do think Montgomery's an upgrade. I think the Anzalone deal was bad. Uh, Chargers at 21. I mean, is roll with Eckler for a year or deal Eckler? He wants out. He's getting old. How about Vikings at 23? I mean, right now they have Madison. I think Cook could get get uh, let go. Jags at 24. Just give you know one more weapon for Lawrence. He's much different than ATN. Dallas, Bills. Mixon could be out of Cincinnati, 28. There's more landing spots for Bijan than you originally thought. That I originally thought, uh, and he could go eight to Atlanta. You know, like yeah, right. I mean, that running some point very early in the draft, most teams. I know he's a running back. Positional value is the reason he would fall. He'll be the the, the top player on people's boards after a, a few picks. Think about Atlanta. I mean, those king size receivers they have now, a run game already in place, a young quarterback that needs all the help he gets. With all respect to Algier and Cordero Patterson, who's a lot older than you think, he would kind of complete the offense so you could totally evaluate Ritter extremely fairly. Worst roster, Matt, in the NFL heading into the NFL draft right now, post-free agency. It's no longer, in my opinion, the Chicago Bears. No, who no. Owned the first pick in the draft have done some work. Um, the Houston Texans, I think, would still be up there. They haven't done a ton in the offseason. 
yeah. um, that they have an opportunity with two top 12 picks to, to do some damage in the draft. Arizona Cardinals at three, I think, would be pretty close in there as well as a team that that's rosters, you know, not looking prime. Uh, Los Angeles Rams, who don't even have their first round pick and have lost so much this offseason. Las Vegas. Um Maybe even Tennessee could be in there. Yeah, that, that was the one I was going to mention. Yeah. Um, I would not put Atlanta in there anymore. I think they're better than all the ones you mentioned. Um, Houston's trending the right direction, but it's been bottom barrel for a long time. I think Arizona's in the conversation. And I think right now, Vegas odds, Arizona wins the first overall pick next year. But I'm going to go with the Rams. I mean, with all respect to Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald and maybe Stafford, the rest of the roster is junk. I mean, they need everything. There's no very few young building blocks. I mean, if so, it's like Cam Akers, you know, like, ugh, ugh. I mean, I think the Rams have the worst roster in the league. By the way, Atlanta Falcons is is one of the teams that famously uh, have said they're not interested in Lamar Jackson and Arthur Smith at the owners meetings said Ritter's the guy. Ritter's the starter, and not only is he the starter, but uh, you know he would have started as early as he was ready as a rookie. And they had Marcus Mariota to go, but you know if, if he'd have been ready in Week One, they might have gone with him in Week One. That's how much they like Ritter. So Ritter is the guy for the Atlanta Falcons. Again, this could line be line season. It's line season, but I kind of believe that though. Yeah. At least for a year. Give me a year that we we have this running game, a healthy pits, London, and we'll we will you have a year audition to convince us. Worst division in the NFL, Matt. This question from Mike on Twitter. Uh, it's one of the Souths, right? Yes. Um, although your NFC West has two of the five worst teams in the league. That's yeah, true. It's and got, if your Niners don't have a quarterback. In the NFL, and it's fallen right. off considerably. Yeah. They have two junk teams, in my opinion. And if your Niners don't have a quarterback and Geno Smith falls on his face, uh, that's the dark horse for worst mm-hmm. division. I'm going NFC South, though. I-, I think the Saints are the best team in that division. And maybe we should do this before the draft. But if I were to power rank the league, I bet they'd be the 18th best team. And that's probably the l- worst best team in a division. Yeah. It's pretty rough. Uh, this one from Inside Injuries on Twitter. Do you guys think that Russ is going to bounce back under Sean Payton? Not to the level he was taking teams to Super Bowls and in MVP conversations. I think he's declined from an athletic standpoint, from a twitchiness standpoint. Um, I think he'll get back to an average starting quarterback, which is a big step forward from where he was. So, yeah, better, but not not that guy. Not that guy. No. I think we'll have a different opinion of him. Yeah. Yeah. It's been recalibrated. His ceiling Mm -hmm. is no longer where his ceiling used to be thanks everybody for your questions apologies to those we did not get to tons of great questions maybe we'll have some overflow questions later on in the week get back into matt williamson's nfl draft rankings talking wide receivers and tight ends later in the week as well thanks everybody for making us your first listen matt and i back tomorrow right here peacock and williamson